This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Optimal Relationships Daily, episode 566. Love is Not Enough, part one, by Mark Manson of markmanson.net. Happy Monday to you, old friend, and happy Veterans Day for those of you tuning in from the U.S. I'm your host, Joss Marie, and welcome back to the show that helps you optimize the many relationships in your life. Today, I'll be narrating a post by Mark Manson on why we need more than love. And if you'd like to hear more from Mark, go ahead and check out his episodes on the Optimal Living Daily podcast. Simply search for Optimal Living Daily from wherever you're listening to this show. But with that, let's get right to Mark's article and start optimizing your life. Love is Not Enough, Part 1, by Mark Manson of markmanson.net. In 1967, John Lennon wrote a song called All You Need Is Love. He also beat both of his wives, abandoned one of his children, verbally abused his gay Jewish manager with homophobic and anti-Semitic slurs, and once had a camera crew film him lying naked in his bed for an entire day. Thirty-five years later, Trent Reznor from Nine Inch Nails wrote a song called Love Is Not Enough. Reznor, despite being famous for his shocking stage performances and his grotesque and disturbing videos, got clean from all drugs and alcohol married one woman, had two children with her, and then canceled entire albums and tours so that he could stay home and be a good husband and father. One of these two men had a clear and realistic understanding of love. One of them did not. One of these men idealized love as the solution to all of his problems. One of them did not. One of these men was probably a narcissistic asshole. One of them was not. In our culture, many of us idealize love. We see it as some lofty cure-all for all of life's problems. Our movies and our stories and our history all celebrate it as life's ultimate goal, the final solution for all of our pain and struggle. And because we idealize love, we overestimate it. As a result, our relationships pay a price. When we believe that all we need is love, then like Lenin, we're more likely to ignore fundamental values such as respect, humility, and commitment towards the people we care about. After all, if love solves everything, then why bother with all the other stuff, all of the hard stuff? But if, like Reznor, we believe that love is not enough, then we understand that healthy relationships require more than pure emotion or lofty passions. We understand that there are things more important in our lives and our relationships than simply being in love. And the success of our relationships hinges on these deeper and more important values. Three Harsh Truths About Love The problem with idealizing love is that it causes us to develop unrealistic expectations about what love actually is and what it can do for us. These unrealistic expectations then sabotage the very relationships we hold dear in the first place. Allow me to illustrate. Number one, love does not equal compatibility. 
Just because you fall in love with someone doesn't necessarily mean they're a good partner for you to be with over the long term. Love is an emotional process. Compatibility is a logical process. And the two don't bleed into one another very well. It's possible to fall in love with somebody who doesn't treat us well, who makes us feel worse about ourselves, who doesn't hold the same respect for us as we do for them, or who has such a dysfunctional life themselves that they threaten to bring us down with them. It's possible to fall in love with somebody who has different ambitions or life goals that are contradictory to our own, who holds different philosophical beliefs or worldviews that clash with our own sense of reality. It's possible to fall in love with somebody who sucks for us in our happiness. That may sound paradoxical, but it's true. When I think of all the disastrous relationships I've seen or people have emailed me about, many or most of them were entered into on the basis of emotion. They felt that spark, and so they just dove in headfirst. Forget that he was a born-again Christian alcoholic and she was an dropping bisexual necrophiliac. It just felt right. And then, six months later, when she's throwing his out onto the lawn and he's praying to Jesus 12 times a day for her salvation, they look around and wonder, gee, where did it go wrong? The truth is, it went wrong before it even began. When dating and looking for a partner, you must use not only your heart, but your mind. Yes, you want to find someone who makes your heart flutter and your fart smell like cherry popsicles, but you also need to evaluate a person's values, how they treat themselves, how they treat those close to them, their ambitions, and their worldviews in general. Because if you fall in love with someone who is incompatible with you, well, as a ski instructor from South Park once said, you're going to have a bad time. Number two, love does not solve your relationship problems. My first girlfriend and I were madly in love with each other. We also lived in different cities, had no money to see each other, had families who hated each other, and went through weekly bouts of meaningless drama and fighting. And every time we fought, we'd come back to each other the next day and make up and remind each other how crazy we were about one another and that none of those little things matter because we're OMG so in love and we'll find a way to work it out and everything will be great. Just do wait and see. Our love made us feel like we were overcoming our issues, when on a practical level, absolutely nothing had changed. As you can imagine, none of our problems got resolved, the fights repeated themselves, the arguments got worse. Our inability to ever see each other hung around our necks like an albatross. We were both self-absorbed to the point where we couldn't even communicate that effectively. Hours and hours talking on the phone with nothing actually said. Looking back, there was no hope that it was going to last. Yet we kept it up for three f***ing years. After all, love conquers all, right? To be continued. You just listened to part one of the post titled, Love is Not Enough by Mark Manson of markmanson.net. Thanks a ton to Mark, and I'll actually finish the rest of the post tomorrow. But with that, have a great rest of your day, and I'll see you again tomorrow, where your optimal life awaits.